You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Out there listening, uh, I know people are in and out of their cars. You may be stuck in a little bit of traffic. Appreciate you tuning in here to um, 757 Saturday Sports Talk here on ESPN Radio 94.1. I'm the coach, Ed Young, in charge today. Normally, I let Matt Hadfield handle all that and chime in when I'm asked to chime in and uh, give my opinion when I want to give my opinion. But uh, today, I'm kind of doing a lot of the talking, and I'm thankful that uh, Richie Richie Somerville, the veteran, is back uh, behind the uh, uh, glass. And he's actually filling in for A.J. Risser, who is um, um, pounding and kicking his tires on his car right now. The car decided not to work out today, and... Uh, uh, last time we heard it was on a tow truck going somewhere. So uh, we wish AJ better situation. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have to go out and buy a new car and, and they're not going to charge him 18 legs and four arms to get it fixed. As I recently just put six grand in my car for a small engine problem. I think it was $5,000 in labor, $1,000 in parts. And what can I do? I need my car. You know, Rich, what do you, what do, you do? $6,000 does not sound like a small problem. No. And I had to get the credit card to do it, which I didn't think I would qualify for the credit card, not to put out personal business, but I just did. <laughs> $6,000. It was not a rebuilt or new engine. It was parts that needed fixed. I don't know much, a whole lot about cars, but I don't have that money to buy a new one. So um, anybody wants to do my go, uh, go fund me for, uh, for Ed Young and, and taking care of his car, I would gladly accept it. <laughs> I ain't too proud to beg, as the song says. Hey, right now, um, we're going to bring in a tremendous athlete. I'm here in the 757. How do I know it? Had a privilege to coach this young man for a few games before um, he left us. Uh, Yeah, I was mad when he left us, but I understand the situation and I got nothing but love for the young man because um, a tremendous kid, uh, not just on the fields and on the courts, and he does play basketball and football. Um, And that is Nolan James, the fine quarterback from the uh, Phoebus Phantoms. He's going to be joining us right now. Nolan, you there? Yes, sir. What's up, Coach? Nolan, good to hear from you, my man. Uh, as always, like I just told uh, the thousands and thousands that listen to us, yeah, I was mad as uh, heck when you left us, but uh, I understand, and I just want to have the chance to coach you, and uh, I'm really glad that uh, things have worked out for you over there at Phoebus, uh, both on the basketball court, and of course, uh, you've done a tremendous job on that on that football field. So, uh, And thank you for coming on. Sometimes when we get youngsters online, it's a little scary because they say, oh yeah, coach, I'm coming on, and the next thing we know, uh, they're at their girls' house for the next seven hours, and we cannot hear from them. <laughs> so we're, we're glad you came on. You feeling all right? Yes, sir. I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Well, the bad news for people who don't know, um, Nolan was, was moving along very well until the, was it the state semifinal, unfortunately, yeah, broken leg? Yeah. yeah. What what happened? Tell us, take, take us, I know you don't want to talk about it too much, but let's take us back to that bad point because we got a lot of good to talk about. Um, it was the second play. Uh, the first drive of the game, and I did a quarterback draw, and I had a guy wrapped around my legs, and I kind of fell, fell weird or whatever, but I got up. I tried to walk it off. I thought it was just a stinger or whatever. So I played two more series, and then I, after those two series, they were like my leg wasn't getting any better, so I came out the game, and then at halftime I went and got the x-ray and found out what was wrong with my leg. It was a broken leg, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, so he plays a couple more series on a broken leg, uh, adrenaline flowing, and of course you're the leader of that that Phoebus squad. For for people just to make sure they understand it, uh, 
over 2,400 yards passing this year, 37 touchdown passes. He ran for over 700 yards, including 10 times he tapped into the end zone himself. So when you put the numbers together, he's kind of responsible for over 3,100 total yards, 47 touchdowns. Okay, now the bad part, other than that broken leg, which is as bad as you can get, you you get into the state championship game, and getting let's get into your mind. Uh, we, we we knew all along FIBA was going to get in the state title game. It's a matter of who they're going to play and what was the score going to be. But how did it feel when you when they said, "Well, you, son, you got a broken leg. You're not going to be able to play." I mean, I was devastated, but my mind instantly went to the back my my uh, backup, my guy that was going to fill in for me, and I just texted my coach immediately and asked him when he was dropping film so I could send send him the breakdown like I usually do, watch film like I usually do, and just help him as much as I could to prepare him for the game. And, and again, now let's 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 the person that came in for you. If I'm not mistaken, uh, you're going to give me the name. He was one of your top receivers, and they put him behind the the center. Is that true? Yeah, Jaden Early. He um he's an athlete. He does it all. He plays wide right receiver, quarterback, DB. Safety corner, outside linebacker, whatever you need him, he can do it. So I he played he actually played backup quarterback uh last year too. So I wasn't I wasn't really worried about it. He's a smart kid, he's a super great athlete, so I wasn't really worried. We just had to prepare him, get prepared for this game because it was a big game. Now we we talk about and there's so many guys and and, and we're gonna have you mention a few but you know that we, we're talking about you in this interview too but you got Jay Nurley done again and then you got another great receiver uh, University of Pittsburgh commit Jordan Bass um, he did some things talk about the Jordan for you for you guys um, he just he opened up the run game a lot because a lot of attention was on him and not just him we had two other receivers that don't get mentioned a lot but Keontae Gray he's a he's a junior he's Who's a tremendous athlete in the slot? We had another kid, Julio Carrington. He was a sophomore. He was a tremendous guy for it. He got hurt too. But we had a whole bunch of great receivers this year that just made the offense, that just made my job really easy. All I had to do was get the ball to him. Well, Jordan Bash, he, he caught 50 touchdowns, 50 passes, 30 for touchdowns, over 1,500 yards. All right. And he had five rushing touchdowns, three kickoff return touchdowns, four interception touchdowns. All right, now, I mean, he finished the year with 41 touchdowns. These are like like um, NFL Live type uh, um, stats. I mean, no wonder you guys were just mauling people. You just, you're depth. Now, I got to ask you, you got to talk about those dudes up front because they never get any of this type of love. Uh, who are some of those guys that bunk, opened those holes for you and kept people off your back every year till the end? Uh, my, my center, Marcus Hobson. Uh, Emery Durso, my tackle, and uh, Nathaniel Anthony, my guard, Jaden Hill, my other guard, and Troy, my uh, left tackle. They they all are coming back too. One of them was a freshman. We had three sophomores and a junior. Wow! So it's a young line coming back. And I always say in any yeah. any football level, if you don't have a line, you're in trouble, especially high school. And now you're telling me they they got a state title with a bunch of youngsters up front. So uh, things are going to look tremendous for them. And that, by the way, we're talking with Nolan James, the fine uh, quarterback for Phoebus High School. If you want to jump in there and talk to Nolan, wish him uh, congratulations and whatever all else, 757-687-9494. We'll get you in here to talk to Nolan. Uh, any of the Phoebus Phantom fans that are listening, any of the teammates want to give, give a shout-out, uh, uh, come in here and talk to uh, Nolan. Uh, they are the state champions this year, Class 4, as they knock down 
uh, Heritage of Lynchburg, 48 to 7. So now, Nolan, you, you get the broken leg. And one of the things you do is you tell coach, look, I need to see the film. So I'm assuming you kind of you kind of became that uh, student assistant coach um, uh, and, and, and still helping your teammates, correct? Yeah, I did. Um, the whole week he was just – I was just in everybody's ear letting them know, like, I believe in y'all. Y'all could get the job done. Y'all just have to execute. Like, from what I saw on film, I didn't think the team matched up with us well at all, even without me playing. So I was just telling them, like – all you have to do is execute. Like, just finish the job. We're we're right here. Don't let me coming out of the game like deter us from our goal. Like, we're right here. So just go ahead and get it. Go ahead and finish. You know, it's funny. You you look at film. It's a typical player. They look at the film. Ah oh, man, we coach. We got this. We're gonna blow these dudes out. And and us coaches are going crazy. You know, keep that keep that mouth shut. No, we're not blowing nobody out. You better stay focused. One quarter at a time. You know how coaches talk goes. Now, yeah. I, I'm sure with Coach Blunt, you've heard it too. And then we're going to have you give us some Coach Blunt stories here in a second too also. But uh, us coaches get so worried about it. But when you look at the final score, 48-7, you look at how your year went, you pounded people. I mean, just point blank, you you pounded people and uh, you guys did their job. But, but inside the mind of a high school player, not only is it talent, what do you attribute everything on the winning side over there at Phoebus, Nolan? Um, just the brotherhood we had. I feel like the, the – the thing that set us apart from everybody else was when stuff wasn't going right, the ref was calling penalties. We didn't really go on the sideline and start fussing or complaining or whatever. We just came together as a team and said that we were going to finish the job. It was just like a big old family on that sideline and in practice and every day in the locker room. Okay, so you keep your focus. You don't let things deteriorate. You don't, we always like to say we don't listen to the outside noise. That does not that has nothing positive for us to do, and including maybe a bad call here too or – um, opponents getting on you or fans heckling and whatever, even fans within your own group who might say, oh, y'all should be doing this and that. Uh, you, Nolan, you should be running the ball more. Uh, he should have you throw more. When you don't listen to all that crazy noise and you stay focused, you guys show what the results can be. Yeah, it was just us. Coach Blunt used to tell us every day to stay in our bubble. No, Don't worry about the outside noise. Don't worry about what parents, fans, teachers are saying. Just worry about us. Focus on us. And once we really, like, like we were winning games, but it didn't happen until, like, the middle of the season where we finally flipped that switch and we're, like, blocking our outside noise and we began to execute at an uh, even higher level than we already were. We're talking with uh, Phoebus High School uh, quarterback, state championship quarterback, Nolan James. You want to chime in with Nolan? 757-687-9494. We'll get you in here if you want to say hello to Nolan. Um, now, as we said, Nolan, unfortunately, in the state semis uh, suffered a broken leg which did not allow him to play the, the, the state championship game. But a neat thing kind of happened. Um, Nolas, take us through this. If, if I'm not mistaken, your teammates carried you on the field for the last play of the game, and you did get to take a snap in the championship game. How did that all occur? Yeah, so it got – well, I asked my coach. I was like, Coach. If we handle business like I know we're going to, can I get in there and get the last snap? And he was just like, man, he focused on my health. And he was like, if you can do it, then I'm all for it. But we just got to take care of business. So it was about five or six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I still had my headset on and everything uh, coaching. And uh, I looked up, and then they were like, go hurry up, get changed. So I went in the locker room, got changed. And at the end, my my defense alignment actually caught a pick. And <laughs> we thought he was going to run it back. But he got tackled, so I was able to get in there and take the knee. But my two linemen that I mentioned earlier, uh, my center, Marcus Hobson, 
and my left tackle, Emery Durso, they came and carried me onto the field, uh, put me in the shotgun, and then I was able to take the last snap of the game. Wow, I mean, that's when I heard that, I, I'll be honest, I got a little chills because um, that was a neat thing to do to get you in here because you're so successful with that. Um, and those, and it's your lineman bringing you in. Hey, we got a call. We got a call. Somebody want to talk to Nolan? Yeah, we got uh, Keith calling us back from Claremont again. Okay, uh, world famous Keith uh, Nolan wants to speak to you. Keith, go ahead. Hey, Nolan. What's up? Congratulations, Brandon. State comes home back to, to the seven five seven. Thank you. Man, I, when I saw you on uh, um, near the ball there at the end, man, I started crying, man. Keith's, Keith's emotional, Nolan. He, he's more emotional than me. He, he will shed a tear. I've seen him run on a field and, and, and fall out after a state championship or a uh, regional buzzer beater. Uh, so, Keith, Mr. Mr. Nolan James did a great job for you, huh? Yeah, he did a good job. I mean, I was so, I, I told him, I said, Fever's going to be the team to, to beat, man. Anybody going to beat Fever's? They're going to be the dynasty, man. They're they dynasty right now, man. Well, if you heard a little bit earlier, Keith said that entire line's coming back. That's key. That's really key. They got some good skill people back, but they got that line back. Keith, we appreciate you jumping in here. We're going to keep this thing moving. All right, now, Nolan, you, you come in, um, you, you take that snap. Now, when you came in, was there any apprehension that maybe, I'm sure your lineman would never let it happen, but somebody on that other team, a disgruntled Lynchburg guy, come in here and try to put a hit on you, that was never even thought of. No, nah, not really. It was it was all just sportsmanship on both sides. They, good, good. Yeah, they kind of knew the situation. Plus, your shotgun, yeah. you're taking that quick snap, and of course, and, and, and as soon as you put the knee down, um, it is now. How is your rehab coming? Where where are you at injury wise in terms of coming back? In terms of getting back to yourself? Um, so I'm in a walking boot right now. I have to get an X-ray, and the X-ray should tell me like the doctor is going to let me know if I can start walking with the boot or not. So it's coming along pretty good. I'm not in pain at all, really. It's just waiting for it to heal so I can get back to what I do. Okay, now, what you do is going to probably be now next level. Um, who, what are so, maybe some of the schools that are looking at you and where are you at in terms of recruiting? Um, I'm talking to a couple schools right now. I'm just kind of seeing where this process goes um, and taking it day by day. Can't really rush it. Can't really force anything to happen. So I'm just taking it day by day and seeing where – Whoever gives me a chance, they, they're going to get the best out of me. Well, now, are you looking at playing on a quarterback at the next level? Or are you looking at a different yes, position or that hasn't been decided yet? Uh, quarterback. Okay, quarterback's where you're going to be. Now, you know the big thing I'm going to ask. You knew this was coming. Tell me about the classroom and don't lie because I can find out. You said tell, tell me about the classroom. Yeah, how you doing in the classes? Yep. How's the grades? Um, uh, they're doing good. I just had a couple grades last year that I had to fix and get up, but – now that that's straight, my um, my grades are fine, and I'm doing well in the classroom right now. That's what I'm mainly focusing on. Since I can't be out there running and jumping and stuff, I'm just focusing on making sure my grades are right. Good, good. That that's going to be the key part because you got the talent, you got the character, and you got to have the grades. Those are the three things that get you next level, and and you are definitely a next level performer. So uh, keep those things going, and uh, be careful of the people you hang with or who want to claim you as a friend, and. Uh, Keep getting it down. Of course, when you get that opportunity to get that that cast off and whatever, I know that rehab will be tough, but it's what you got to do to start that career at the next level. Yes, sir. Now, before we go, um, Co- how's it playing for Coach Blunt? Uh, it's really, it's really like a different experience. It's just really he 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 takes input from players. It's not like a dictatorship. Like, I'll, like if you watch film and you 
and you perform in practice and stuff like that, like, and you make suggestions to Coach Blunt, he'll listen to the, like, it's not necessarily like, oh, that's what we're going to do right then and there, but he takes it into account. And it's just really like he believes in us. And he lets us know every day that, that it's not him that's performing on the field, it's us. And that all we got to do is buy into the process and buy into the, buy into the coaches and stuff like that. And then you see what, what happened this season. We perform. Okay, last question. Who does the best perform, um, best imitation of Coach Blunt on the team? Who does the best imitation? Uh, it's a dude. He plays fullback and defensive end. His name is Caleb. He's a pretty funny guy. All right, so he has, he does the spot on. Okay, we we got to get that. Hey, Nolan, we appreciate you coming on, taking time out. Uh, you did a great job for us and uh, well-spoken. And we're wishing you the best. Uh, keep me up to date with what's going on, and uh, uh, we can't wait to see you go to that next level. That's close. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, that was Nolan James, quarterback for the state championship Phoebus Phantoms and their big 48-7 win over Heritage of Lynchburg last weekend to win the class four state championship. Uh, we're going to go out and take a uh, take a break again here uh, here on the uh, 757 Saturday Sports Talk. I'm the, the, the host today, uh, Ed Young, but we're going to take a break right here on ESPN Radio 94.1. All right, we welcome you back. 757 Saturday Sports Talk here on ESPN Radio 94.1. I'm the voice you hear today. The coach, Ed Young. Matt Hatfield, who was introduced, is not here, and we have not heard him except for on a tape interview. We have a Matt Hatfield-free day, and our next guest is going to like that. Now, he'll say, nah, come on, Ed. Matt does a great job. But um, we got rid of Hatfield so we can bring in this guy and spend more time with this guy because he has way more wins than Hatfield. That's the head, fine head coach, Virginia Wesleyan University. Dave Macedo. Dave, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Coach. Good to have you. Uh, just hear your voice again, Coach. Really good. Hey, man, we, we're good to get you on here. We got rid of Hatfield. We sent him to Tampa. He thought he has a game tonight. They don't play till Monday night. Wait till, you go, wait till he goes to the field house down there tonight, and he's sitting and setting up. They don't even play till Monday. He's going to be uh, in a tizzy. So we, we got rid of him, and uh, he's down there. And then we already put a message down to Tampa to hide the kids and the women uh, so Hatfield don't be coming door-to-door and begging. But, uh, Dave, you got to be feeling good today. Um Big win uh, the other day, a buzzer beater, an exciting one, and it was against uh, one of your big, your maybe your biggest rival, a good friend of yours, a great program in CNU University, Christopher Newport, uh, uh, of course with John Corkin, and um, you know a big one. Uh, was it seventy-seven, seventy-six? You came from eighteen down. You've had three wins this year by one point. You're now ten and one, and Dave did that old coaches. Um, oh, what was me? We're going to be young. It's going to take time to get us ready. Well, it's taking time already. He's ten and one. Um, uh, David, talk about it. Talk about that game, and of course, we'll move right into your your team this year. Okay. Uh, well, it was an exciting game, and and really, it was a tale of two halves. Uh, just really awful in that first half. I I think we uh, we came out just just didn't have that. High energy, uh, just really didn't pay attention to the scout like we hoped and, and kind of just went through the motions. And they really just punched us in the face and took it to us in that first half. They beat us the balls. You know, they outworked us. They out-executed us. And, you know, we just we just couldn't uh, get any rhythm going. And uh, we went in a halftime. Hopefully we, we, we challenged the guys. I think they came out with some pride, some toughness. And, and, you know, little by little they started chipping away and, you know, we got to within striking distance, I think, at about 10, 11 points. And then we had a few nice runs to cut it to six, to four. And then, you know, I think we made a few plays down the stretch. But it could have gone either way. Uh, obviously, they, they scored with 4.8 seconds to go. And 
you know, Omari DeVoe for us just made a play at the end. Um, but it was it was it was something that we were very proud of our, our second half effort. You know, with a young team, we're trying to grow and mature all the time, and just keep correcting mistakes. And and but I like the pieces. I like the potential. You know, it was a really good win before break for us. And you know, after that first half, uh, you know, just just proud of uh, the last twenty minutes, I guess. Well, you know, we got we're going to make this a little bit more juicy as we tell the people what happened in this. You mentioned Amari Duvall, Douglas Freeman grad, who did not get a chance to play his senior year, if I'm not mistaken. That was one of the years where uh, they opted out because of COVID, so he didn't get to play. Um, he comes in. Hatfield tells me when, when we talked about this kid before, he said Dave did a great job getting this kid. He's he's a steal. He he's, he could be he could be a little bit better. But in this game, his cover, if I'm not mistaken, made the shot that put CNU up, correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, late in the game, I mean, he's he's going to be a special player for us. And we're just working on him being complete. Uh, he has so much skill. But as he gets stronger and matures, you're going to see a, a fantastic player. But that last possession, I think he kind of lost John Hines, you know, and he didn't stay reattached. We had to switch it with a – Waylo Wilson, Waylo, you know, made him take a tough shot, but John's a good player and made it. So uh, I think he uh, he kind of made the last play and corrected a wrong. Now we got to pick it up there. This now this is going to be people you you listen to the mind. We're going to get inside the mind of one of the best coaches in the country. Um, and if you don't know that, let me just give you numbers to help you. 23 years, 462 wins, I think it is, 167 losses. We don't care about the losses. 462 wins, national championship. Yes, I said national championship. We're not talking about just a region, uh, a league championship, national championship. Three Final Fours, and he's a Hall of Fame member at Wilkes University. So the guy knows how to coach. Now, his team gives up the bucket to a fine player in John Hines, CNU, playing one of the toughest defensive teams in the country. They leave no stone unturned when it comes down to getting stuff done. Now, you don't take a quick timeout. Okay, they inbound. Now, take us to the point where you didn't call a quick timeout and you didn't even call one as they're moving down the floor. And and in this situation, as fate would have it, the kid that kind of got beat on the play, Omari, is the one that scores the bucket. So why not the timeout and take us through that last couple seconds? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was their ball with 9.7 seconds to go. And, uh, we, you know, we really needed one stop, and that's what we're kind of talking, and we're in our 54, which is four-man switch. And, uh, you know, we, we, we should have made more of an emphasis to deny John the ball because he, he kind of created some space on Amari on that last one on a simple little down-screen rub. And Waylo switched on him. John made a nice post move. It's kind of a spin back, and it rolled in. And then Omari took the ball out with 4.8 seconds. We had one timeout, and at that point, you kind of assess the situation as quick as you can. It didn't look like they were set up. Omari was able to pass it in right away, and he passed it into our point guard, Miles Wallace. Miles threw it right back to Omari, and then he started going downhill. And when he started going downhill, we just figured the best thing we could do is not let them set up. And uh, he he had a nice right-to-left cross, and at that point, things kind of potted. And that was our best option. And he just made a heck of a play, got rid of the ball right before the buzzer went off. And, you know, it looked good the whole way. I don't know if we drew it up any anything like that. And I think we probably just let one of our playmakers make a play. And, and he did a great job 
Um, and, you know, it's stuff we talk about, but that was really on him and, and his kind of instincts. Well, you know, again, being a coach, a longtime coach, too, and about in way, Dave, I finally found out I got a few more wins over you. Of course, never at your level. <laughs> and my agent, Hatfield, tells me if I get seven more, I get to 500. I think I wow. get free. I think I get free dinner from him. That's all that's going to end up meaning because he'll find some way I got to pay it. But I think I, he said I'm seven away after last night's win. Um, but anyways, this is what I want people to understand. Macedo doesn't call a timeout. Now, you got people in the stands probably saying, what the heck's he doing? He's supposed to call a timeout. You have other people saying, well, what, what do you need a timeout for? It is, it is, even though it's not a coaching move, it is a coaching move. You trusted your players. You saw what was going on. Some people just don't understand that. And sometimes the best move we make as coaches is no move. Just let them play. I'm I'm a big proponent in that situation a lot of times, and I don't coach your level. I don't I don't coach kids as, as good as you and have been as successful as you at, at that level. But you allow your kids to come down. It's a feel. You felt it was in the right hands. Point guard makes a good play. They're not the, the defense is not quite set like they normally are. And you made a great point just now. You call a timeout, you let CNU set up their defense. They're one of the best in the country. So now yeah. we're gonna try to take advantage and you let them go. Now he misses that shot. Of course, the world will say, well, what, Macedo's losing. He should have called a timeout. He makes the shot. Wow, it's a great move. He didn't call a timeout. But you just said <laughs> the kid made well, a play. That's right. And, and, and you know, we, we do trust our players. But I'm pretty dominant on the sidelines at times. And, and I call a lot of timeouts to run certain things. And we do a lot of clipboard action at practice, you know, just uh, to do those kind of things and practice that certain formations or certain quick hitters we feel like will work in, in those kind of game situations. But that was one that there was really going to be no magic. Coach Vecito was not going to save us. It was just going to be one of our players making a play. And I think he did a great job. Uh, certainly we'll go back and look at the defensive possession before that and try to correct uh, some mistakes there. But, you know, that was just a couple kids at the end of the game making big-time plays. Well, you know, like I said, it's tremendous. And, again, it's another feather in your cap. You know, I got respect for you. But by not making that call, and sometimes as coaches, we overcoach. You know, okay, I got to call timeout. For what? You're going to set up a play for who? One of your most trusted players has the ball. Your point guard got it to the right guy. Why would I call timeout? Just let it go. He makes it, he makes Uh, it, he don't, he don't. Yeah, and he was – you know, the whole second half, you could see after the first half, he, he didn't have a great first half at all. Uh, he became a lot more active. He wanted the ball. We were going through him. We were running uh, stuff for him that we had recently put in just for him to get downhill, and, and he just kind of answered the bell. And, uh, you know, at, the, at that point, it was on him. And just give him all the credit. Him and his teammates, you know, I, I really feel like his teammates were going to him. They were riding him and, and trusting him to make the right play. And that's hopefully the sign of good things to come. Well, now let's talk about, um, besides this young man that who did the job for you last night, let's talk about some of your other guys. I know, uh, of course, he's a Richmond area kid from Douglas Freeman. Uh, and Richmond has been good to, to the Wesleyan program. As as we always yeah. like to say, the 757 is where you really want to dig your nails into. And, and that has been very good for you, and you do a tremendous job. I don't know a high school coach in the area that doesn't have Dave Macedo on in her Christmas list because you've, you've done a, you've earned the respect of everybody and the kids that you had from the seven, five, seven, they've been important to your program. Cause sometimes a guy will recruit local and then maybe the kid don't play. And then the coaches take it like, I ain't going to send my kid there cause he don't play local kids. So let's talk about your kids. You got this year all over the place from Richmond to the seven, five, seven and all points in between. Yeah, we got, uh, you know, really a lot of kids, 
I think from three different areas in Virginia for the most part, and all the Virginia, Richmond, and Hampton Roads, and, you know, obviously it starts with the Hampton Roads area and, and the best basketball in the state, and then it moves to Richmond and then all of Virginia. And we just, uh, we got a young group. Uh, we got a, a, some, some kids, I think, that are just coming into their own. And then we got three kids from out of state. We have, uh, you know, our point guards from Atlanta. We have uh, our foreman is from Maryland. And then we have one other uh, of our captains from North Carolina who's, who's coming back from an injury. But everyone else is in state. And, and everybody else, you know, contributes and plays their role. Um, you know, Mari's from, from Richmond. You know, Jordan Crump is from Highland Springs up in Richmond. You know, uh, Waylo Wilson is from Kickerton on the peninsula. And then you got, you know, coming off the bench, you got Kai Sargent from Fredericksburg. Uh, you got Anthony Jackson from Potomac in all of Virginia. You got Amari Moore up in, in Fredericksburg area. You got Michael Gilbert, you know, from Tallwood. And then Joey Lee, probably our top 10, rounding it out from, you know, in all of Virginia. And then you got your reserves. You know, you got, you got Colin Lewis from Richmond and down the line. So it's just a good nucleus of guys uh, from kind of a mixed I don't know, parts of the state, and then, you know, just kind of where we see, we're always trying to find the right guys, and like you said, it starts with, with you guys and the job that you guys do, Coach, and I'd be remiss if I didn't congratulate you. You're inching towards 500. That's that's pretty special, and that's a credit to you and all your success and the players you've had, um, and, and, you know, you kind of set the standard for the rest of us, so I know you're a humble guy, but you, you really do, and, and uh, know that I'm a big fan. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, we've had great talks over the year, and I enjoy it. I, I, I didn't see your game, and I hated it not seeing it because it is CNU, and I got respect and love for their program too. But I had to go scouting that night. I had to go see um, – it was Oscar Smith and Graybridge play because those are opponents coming up, and I had a chance to go see them. It's the night we didn't play and to practice a little early. So uh, you know I'm going to be over there. You know I'm going to be bugging you for the tickets. You know that. and. <laughs> I'll be sitting and critiquing your coaching left and right. I mean, that's, that's what I do. Well, um, you know, I snuck into your game the other night. I was out there, uh, and I, I went up to Coach cell after the game and just congratulated him. I think he was putting the chairs away, as, as we all do. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to get over there and see your team play early, and I was watching a kid from uh, the Eastern Shore that you guys were playing. Yeah, that, that's probably Nan do it. They got that backcourt. Boy, they got a backcourt. Um, two kids oh. are really good, but uh, – and, and like I said, hopefully down the line I'll be able to send you a kid or two. We got some youngsters, um, I think that will interest you as, as time starts going by. But uh, Dave, now you guys are ten and one, um, and I know you're a little apprehensive. We talked to you back when you had your team camp in July, uh, the best team camp in the state, and you were a little apprehensive then about you got some young guys, you don't know how it's going to gel. And you alluded to it earlier in the interview. Um, how do you feel as we get into uh, course the break now? Now when do you guys play again? Yeah, we we are kind of two games up right now. We're eleven and one. We're two games up on everyone. We don't have a Christmas tournament just because we have a longer break this year uh, with finals starting sooner. So when we come back, we'll come back December 29th. We practice and go right into it from that point on. But it's all league play, so we have twelve league games left. Um, we're excited about that. We'll play Randolph away, our first one on the fourth. Um, so, you know, it's just a step-by-step process. Everyone kind of needs to stay in shape. It's a little bit longer break for us than years past, but we just got to kind of keep in touch with our guys. I, I, I like the chemistry, Ed. I really like our potential. You know, we're just not there yet with our defensive identity. We're, we're not there with our execution. You know, I think we're, we're learning, um, obviously, in defining roles. 
Uh, and that's just going to help us. And I think it's a lot of correctable mistakes. And then on the young team, as you know, it's just, you know, are we going to come with high energy each and every night? Do we have five guys flying around on the court or we have three or four? You know, and that, that kind of consistency and being complete is what we need. Now, Dave, the only thing I didn't like about your game, your kids are on break, if I'm not mistaken, or getting ready to be break. There wasn't as big a crowd as we normally see. I saw it on film. I watched the game on film. How, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but I am because that would have been a great time to have a ton of people in there. Is it just because of how the schedules line up and really kind of out of your control? Yeah, and, you know, John and I always try to find a game, uh, I think, uh, right around, you know, finals or before we go home for break. And that just happened to be our last game before we left for the semester. Um, and it's just, just one of those things. So usually we, we have, you know, a big drawer and it's a big crowd, but just because the students aren't here. Um, and, and really, you know, sometimes during the season, we just, you know, it's the luck of the draw. Like when we come back, we're, we're in J-term at some of our games and, and second semester doesn't start to the end of January. So it's just kind of the school break, and well, we got to kind of do what's right for us, and when we can fit these games in, and then obviously league scheduling's out of our hands. Now I know it's got to be tough; it would drive me crazy. So I know, it's, and again, it's the nature of the beast. The kids are on break; um, they're off campus. You're not involved in any play, any tournament, whatever. How? And then I heard you say, "Well, our kids got to keep in shape." So I'm sure you gave them schedules, things they got to do, and. How is that all handled? And now what does staff do? I imagine some scouting going on, some re-recruiting and that. So take us through what happens at, at your level during this break time. Yeah, for us, it's just on the road every day. It's just seeing high school games, high school tournaments. You know, both my assistants were on the road yesterday, today. And, uh, you know, we'll get some office work done. We're checking final grades. And then we're just kind of standing connected with our guys. You know, uh, everybody kind of took a basketball home. We're making sure they get in their high school gyms, making sure they're getting out and running. We do have six days of practice when we get back before our first game. But, you know, it's going to require them to be disciplined and, and make sure they're, they're doing the little things and having good habits over the break. We want them to enjoy it. It's been a, a, a really grind-it-out kind of semester, especially with the amount of games we've had. As I said, we're, we're a few games up on everyone. So it's just kind of putting it in their hands and, and staying in touch. And obviously we, we have a, a message in our group chat every day that we talk. But, you know, I'll be in contact with everyone and hopefully everyone will do their part. Well, it's the life where you lead at Division Three basketball. I don't even really, I'm t- tired of even talking about Division Three, Division One. You know, they can put them in the dorms or wherever. They put them in a hotel, feed them. Uh, they they play right. tournaments or going to Maui or, or wherever. But your level, it's a little different and you – You've been successful with it. I mean, 462 wins, 23 years at it, a national championship, three Final Fours, ain't nothing changing. Now, you, you people out there got to hear one of the best in the business, any level. This is a guy that can win at any level if given the opportunity. He's turned down. I've had people say to me, hey, man, that, that guy you always talk about, Macedo, if he's so good, how come he hasn't gone taking a D1 job? I said, I'm going to tell you all something. The guy's turned down more than you ever know. Why move? He's he's successful where he's at. He's happy where he's at. Family's cool where he's at. Don't he's had opportunities and he just right now he's good where he's at. So I don't begrudge you. Um, uh, again, you've always been top in my mind and love talking with you and kidding with you and, and you know how to deal with my mentality really well. So I appreciate you, Dave. And you know we're going to have you on again. It's it's in Absolutely your contract. No. It's in your contract that we got to have you on. So uh, 
Uh, we'll get you down the road, and right now we got to get you out of here and uh, you get back to recruiting. I want you to have a great, great holiday. Make sure the wife gets everything she wants and needs. Well, listen, I appreciate that and appreciate you, the kind words in our relationship and with Matt. You know, uh, again, you kind of have set the standard. I appreciate your friendship. I wish you nothing but success as you inch towards number 500. I just can't even imagine that. That's awesome. And today's my son's 12th birthday. So, uh, Coach Macedo, I'm taking today off. I'm just going to kind of be with my son today and enjoy his 12th. I don't get to do this much. And then we'll kind of get back at it next week. So, I appreciate you having me, and I look forward to seeing you down the road. Well, like I said, enjoy the family. Get uh, get the youngster ready. Uh, get him in the red and black in Nanza River down the road. I'll be recruiting him soon, and uh, he can play point guard for me because he doesn't want to have uh, his dad yelling at him every second. <laughs> That's probably true, though. All right, David, you take care and have a great holiday. Thanks for coming on. All right, same here. Thanks, guys. All right, take that's care. Dave Macedo, the successful, highly successful coach, Virginia Wesleyan University, off a big victory against Christopher Newport uh, in a one-point buzzer beater. Hey, we're going to take another break right here on uh, 757 Saturday Sports Talk. I'm the coach, Ed Young. Come on back here on ESPN Radio 94.1. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk with Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young on ESPN Radio 94.1. And again, we welcome back to Saturday Sports Talk 757 style here on ESPN Radio 94.1. I'm the coach, Ed Young. Here comes the segment everybody's been waiting for, the NFL picks, as Matt says, with a pay, play for pay. I do want to put in here real quick, uh, A.J. Risser has put in his pick for today. He's taking the Lions, his guarantee, the Lions plus one over the Jets. Okay. What you got? I've got Dino's dog. His dog is Baltimore plus two and a half at Cleveland. The rationale is the Ravens won 23-20 earlier this season and should win outright again as they look to stay atop the AFC North with Cincinnati. Now, I think you and Matt Hatfield spoke about picks earlier this week, did you not? Yes, we did. Let's see what we said. It's 757 Saturday Sports Talk here on ESPN Radio 94.1. Just a week before Christmas, Matt Hatfield here with you and the coach Ed Young for a special edition of the picks here in the league where they play for pay week number 15 before I return to my working vacation down in the Sunshine State in Tampa, Florida. Ed, last week you beat me 2-1 mark for you as you are now up to 17-25 on the year thanks to the wins by the over 44.5 of Houston-Dallas, a 27-23 comeback win for the Cowboys, the minus 5.5 for Cincinnati to prevail 23-10 as Joe Burrow and the Bengals keep a rolling. You did lose on the Seattle minus 4.5, which I told you about. Carolina prevailed 30-24. I, however, went 1-2. I lost on under 37.5 San Fran-Tampa. Lost on Tennessee minus three and a half as they lost to Jacksonville outright 36-22. Did win with my minus one and a half of the Lions over the Vikings. So my one and two mark drops me to 23-16-3, my first losing week since week number five. Meanwhile, A.J. Risser is over 500. He continues that resurgence eight and six thanks to his Baltimore plus one and a half win. 16-14 Ravens get it done. Dino is now 8-5-1 as he fell for the third time this year picking against Philly the Giants fell short plus the seven so how nice is it for you to go first here for the first time in a while feels funny don't know what i'm supposed to do it's odd i figure i'd be going over for the rest of the uh uh season and, and get the first pick in the draft next year all right well your first pick where are you headed i got a feeling you're looking at the afc uh list right here yeah i, I like there's a lot of games i like here but the one i like the most 
Cincinnati minus three and a half over Tampa Bay. Oh, that was one I was looking hard at. What, what do you like about the Bengals? Is, or is it so much you don't like about the Brady-led Bucks, who might find a way to end up in second in the NFC South if they lose this game and Carolina gets a win? They can. I think Cincinnati's find their consistency level. Tampa Bay, I thought, was going to have a great year, but obviously that's not happening. They're kind of struggling through. I just like Cincinnati's consistency, but the big thing is it is at Tampa Bay. And even though I don't think the pros' home advantage is that big, say high school or college, but it's big enough. But I'm going to stick with Cincinnati. All right, that hook could hurt you, though, but he's going Bengals minus three and a half for his first pick. So I get two in a row here. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings in a Saturday matchup minus the four and a half against the Indianapolis Colts. Why? Because I don't have faith in the Colts here. Jeff Saturday is coaching, however, on a Saturday. So we'll see if Saturday can get his first win on a Saturday. You know, when he got hired, there was a whole lot of – Rigamore about him coming in. He beat Rig- uh, Rigamore. Rigamore. How do you spell that and say that? Uh, uh, R-I-G, Moore. Right. Um, Rigamore? Yeah, Rigamore. Right. And he beat the Raiders first game, and what's he done since? Nobody's even talking about him, and he will not be the coach next year for sure. Well, I don't think he's that terrible, but I think Minnesota wants to bounce back after that loss, much like they did when they had it disappointing, deflating defeat at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. Thought about going there for my second pick with the Jaguars and the Cowboys. I'll leave that alone here. I am going to go to Monday Night Football, so it gives me something to watch here after our ODU women's game on a Monday night in the Sunshine State. It's going to be the game where Green Bay, it's their last stand at 5-8, and eight, playing host of the L.A. Rams at 4-9, who somehow, someway, miraculously rallied to beat your Raiders on a primetime game that left me very disheveled. Baker Mayfield's not doing it twice in a row on primetime. It's uh, where I'm showing it now, six and a half. It might end up being higher by kickoff. I'll take it at six and a half as we make this recorded segment here. Uh, give it to me now. Packers minus six and a half. They will cruise to a double-digit win over the Baker-led Rams. Yeah, I think so. The Rams got, uh, struck a little bit of lightning in a bottle last week when they got the Raiders. But I think it's a lot of the Raiders beating themselves from stupid, stupid penalties. Here, Captain Baker Mayfield steps off the plane in 48 hours on the field. And, and, and the joke was in the play call, it was like back in the kids' day in the street. Hey, you go to the manhole, turn left. You go to the second park car and just turn around. I'll throw it. I mean, they won it. But the Rams have really gone downhill since Super Bowl win. Well, and you mentioned penalties. How did they not call more penalties on the Rams every time? Holding, grabbing, pulling Max Crosby, who they had no answer for and could not block to save their lives. I, I think you can almost call it holding, grabbing, whatever, on every play. Crosby, I'm surprised he didn't get so frustrated he wanted to slug somebody. It's between him and probably uh, Micah Parsons for best pass rusher. All right, it's 757 Saturday Sports Talk. Week 15 NFL picks here with the coach, Ed Young. I'm Matt Hatfield. you hear more from Risser and Dino coming up. But what's your next pick? You actually get the next two picks. I'm going with the uh, Cowboys. Minus four and a half over Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, I feel confident. With Dallas, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I like Dallas as a sneaky pick for Super Bowl. Despite last week's listless showing for three and a half quarters against Houston, you just feel like Jacksonville can't block Parsons. And well, let's remind you, Jacksonville put up 36 points with Trevor Lawrence heating up last week. They still have a shot to get within a whisker of the Titans in the AFC South. Well, I think those whiskers get shaved this time. I'm just not, I just don't believe in Jacksonville, but I have gone against them this year, and I think they beat me every time or made prove me wrong. So even a broken clock's right twice two times a day. So come on, Cowboys. You're hoping that your broken clock is right twice with those picks. Bengals minus three and a half and Cowboys minus four and a half. What is your last selection, sir? Are you going to the NFC this time? 
NFC and my world-famous over-unders, and I'm going to go Giants and Washington. I see the over-unders 40.5. I'm going to go over. If I'm not mistaken, they tied last time 2020. And I won on that as an over-under pick in week 13 as an under. Thankfully, after Taylor Heineke, the ODU legend, uh, led Washington down the field for the tying score, and the Giants missed a field goal at the horn. I was happy uh, with that missed field goal. So you're going with the over this time. You think there's more points on the board? Yeah, I, I and I think Washington wins outright this time. Um, I, I really do. I think I'm looking at like 26-20 game, uh, Washington. All right, my last selection. I thought about the Giants. I thought about Jacksonville as an upset pick. Leaves it on the board if Dino wants it. I'm going to take over 49.5 Kansas City-Houston. So I'm going to a game you took last week with Houston and Dallas over the 44.5, which you won. I think KC, if you watched their offense last week, I know they got a couple of injuries, but they're just lethal. Even with Patrick Mahomes throwing multiple interceptions, that game with the Broncos and Chiefs was 34-28. Houston can move the ball at times, as we've seen. Just look at last week's game with Dallas. I think this is going to be a 42-21-35-17 38-20 type of game, which gives me over to 49.5. So to recap, I'm going over 49.5 Chiefs and Texans. Minus 6.5 for the Pack. They're back at home at Lambeau Field to beat the Rams and the Vikings. Minus 4.5. Ed's got the Bengals. Minus 3.5. Cowboys. Minus 4.5. And over 40.5 with the Giants and Washington. Those are the picks for week number 15 in the league where they play for pay. In the next two weeks, we'll do special video specials on our social pages for folks. We'll have Risser and Dino's picks as well because we will be off a little holiday break before we resume with the picks on air for week 18 on January the 7th. So there you go. Yeah, I guess the holidays are coming up. And honestly, I I really don't feel in the Christmas spirit. Didn't didn't even think about it until you kind of just mentioned it. So, uh, So we're off two weekends in a row. Yep, happy holidays and a happy new year for the coach Ed Young. This is Matt Hathaway. Thank you for tuning in. And those are the picks for the NFL week number 15 right here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk, exclusively on ESPN Radio 94.1. All right, Ed, you got a few seconds here for a couple final words. Well, you know, that's it. The picks, I know everybody, world-famous picks, go out there and put the shekels down if you think you're going to do it. Uh, Blame Matt if you don't. I, I got to thank everybody. Richie, big thanks to you coming in, filling in for AJ Dino. Um, AJ had some car issue. Dino has just stayed away. Uh, of course, we kept Hatfield away in terms of live. And uh, thank our guests, Nolan James, Dave Macedo, Craig Breon for coming in, and uh, Bobby Steinberg for uh, an interview that he'd done the other day. So. Uh, once again, we get another one in the bag. It's the last show for the year. We won't see every come back on until uh, January, I guess, right, Richie? January 7th? Uh, correct. Okay. Well, look, for for the whole crew, uh, everybody have a great holidays out there. Enjoy this reason for the season. It's big, big. Uh, take time for yourself. Check yourself. Make sure everything's okay. And uh, do something good for some people. Stop. Don't, don't put the hand out. Give a hand out. All right. Here we go. ESPN Radio 94.1. Thank you all.